You are Locked On the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome to Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. I'm Wes Goldberg, host of Locked On Warriors, here with Dave Rommel, host of Locked On Heat. So we've got a great show for you today. We're going to be talking about all of the tributes and respects rolling out across the NBA in the wake of Kobe Bryant's death. And it's been less than, or it's been less than 48 hours, David, since uh, we've heard the shocking news, and it's it's been really difficult to process for everybody involved, but there have been a lot of games going on. Uh, one key matchup uh, was postponed. We'll talk about that later on in the show, but you were there uh, in Miami for the Miami Heat's game against the Orlando Magic, and I know that they uh, specifically uh, did a few things to honor Kobe Bryant. Yeah, the Magic had played on Sunday night against the L.A. Clippers, so they had already done a tribute in Orlando before traveling south to Miami. But uh, against the Heat, uh, the Heat played a video uh, during the, I think, at the end of the first quarter. Uh, they also played his Oscar-winning documentary uh, during halftime. Uh, before the game, they had a moment of silence uh, for 24.8 seconds. And they also had a, a 24 second violation. The Heat did. They took the violation to start off the game, and then uh, the Magic did so for an eight second violation. And and so, you know, going around the locker room beforehand, it was kind of odd uh, because no one really wanted to talk about what happened. And I think it's still too raw. There were a number of tributes written on shoes, things of that sort, as you could expect. People, you know, writing "Rest in Peace, Mamba," you know, different messages of that sort. But uh, the coaching staff was was shaken by it. Eric Spolster had nothing but positives to talk about from his time when he was just an assistant coach and he was mentoring a, a young Heat player who was connected to Kobe from Philadelphia and Kobe had already put in work before everybody else did, even though Spolster had said he and the, the player had gotten there hours before anybody else was expected to be there. Kobe was already there putting in work and, and then he sat later on and watched as Spolster put in the work with his his player as well and, and kind of offered advice. And we're starting to hear more and more of these stories trickle on throughout the NBA of, of reporters, of ushers, of people around the league who have been connected and touched by Kobe at some point and, and all these different things that he did to, to stay connected with these people. It was, I think that's what we're really starting to see is how much of an impact he had, not just, for the Lakers, but league-wide, and, and maybe even greater than that, because I think he was a celebrity, a superstar that a lot of people kind of understood and liked and appreciated. And yeah, it was a, it's been a, he's a, a, a difficult person to appreciate in some ways because of his troubled past, because of his savage mentality and his incredibly uber-competitive spirit. But at the same time, um, it's just it's a shock, and I think everybody's starting to just kind of respond to that. Right, and I think you've seen a lot of players, in particular, um, kind of show how much they revered Kobe Bryant because of that maniacal work ethic and that just relentless passion to be the best at whatever it was that he was doing, and that comes out in this like quote unquote mama mentality. But you know, I spoke, I, I've been, I, I've talked with the Warriors a little bit tonight in in Philadelphia. They landed in Philadelphia late tonight. After they had canceled their practice short on Sunday, I mean, they got the news on Sunday and just canceled practice. They just stopped uh, practice right at its tracks. They were in the middle of doing on-court work, and then they just stopped dribbling, stopped shooting. Coaches stopped coaching, and everybody just sat on the court for a while and then sort of just 
wandered off in their separate ways. And, you know, Draymond Green went home and just laid on his couch and just kept refreshing his Instagram, waiting for Kobe Bryant to post to his Instagram story that was all a hoax and eventually just fell asleep on his couch doing that and then woke up to just news reports that, no, in fact, this was not a hoax. And, you know, talking with Draymond Green tonight, he was just completely just, uh, like, I mean, Draymond Green is an emotional guy, but it, 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 you've never seen this sort of emotional. Usually it's that fiery kind of edge that he has that he, you know, kind of, you know, ev- you know, evokes the kind of thoughts of Kobe Bryant. But today he was just, you know, barely able to get through his sentences and, and without getting, you know, sad and emotional. It was visible. And so, uh, you know, it, it, it struck a chord with him, who's 29 years old, and it's striking a chord with guys who are 19, 20 years old, and that's just how great Kobe Bryant's impact was. And you mentioned people riding on their shoes. I mean, P.J. Tucker had his special Kobe Bryant's out, uh, shoes out. We know he's a, he's a sneakerhead. Uh, a bunch of other teams have did, did different sorts of uh, remembrances and honors to him. I know in Detroit, the Pistons wore number 24, number 8 jerseys with Bryant on the back during their warm-ups. They also did a 24 seconds of silence before the game in their game against the Cavaliers. I mean, it's just stuff like this all across the NBA that show. I mean, this is the biggest death in the sports world I think we've ever had. I don't think it... I mean, it, how shocking it was, Bryant at 41 years old. I mean, I, I can't think of something that was bigger than that, and we are seeing sort of the ramifications of it right now. Yeah, I, I spoke to Magic uh, play-by-play man Jack Turner, a longtime NBA veteran, and you know, a guy who's been affiliated with the league for multiple decades. He, you know, he played in the '80s and '90s, and and uh, obviously he's been a part of the Magic broadcasting crew for a while. And I asked him if there was anything comparable, and he couldn't think of anything. The only thing that comes even close was Magic Johnson's announcement that he was HIV positive yeah. in 1992, because at the time it felt like a death sentence and magic was, I don't know if he was a bigger personality than Kobe was because this, the, the way the game is covered now is so differently, but he did seem like another larger than life personality that extended beyond the game of basketball. And at the time an HIV diagnosis was akin to a death sentence. And so for him to announce it, it rocked not just the NBA world, but the, the, the world in general. And, and so I think that was the only thing that came close. And, and uh, Steve Kerr said the same thing, by the way. We were asking him, and he brought up the same. It was because everybody thought that Magic was going to die within a year. That was based on the understandings yeah. of the HIV virus back then. That's what they thought. Obviously, that didn't happen. But, I mean, this is what Steve Kerr said was it was like that, but just without that year. It was, right. it was it, You just had to kind of reckon with it, in, you know, immediately. Yeah, it was – I mean, my own personal experience, not that maybe it matters, but you just you're taking it back. And, and like you mentioned about Draymond, and I think a lot of players went through this. You're, you're going through that process and thinking, no, that's impossible. It's it, people die all the time and it's a tragedy, whatever it happens, whoever it happens to. But at the same time, you, you think about Kobe and his money and, and, and the kind of wealth and fame and the safety that you think those things affords, but nobody, nobody's untouchable, unfortunately. And, and, and I should say, and and I think I understand, I know you feel the same way, but even as we're acknowledging Kobe, we also should acknowledge his daughter as well as the other passengers of the helicopter, because uh, the ramifications of that, the tragedy that impacts so many different families across the, 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 you know, all those people that were in that plane left behind somebody. And that's, a terrible feeling and uh you know i I don't 
the game of basketball offers a, a reprieve for a lot of people. I think yesterday was kind of a, as everybody was still in a state of shock, um, you know, the games were a little sluggish, a little slow and rightfully slow today. I think we're starting to see at least a little bit of, of people being able to try and move on and to kind of immerse themselves in their work and the game of basketball again. And, and, you know, I think that's kind of fitting because if, if anybody knows what or knew what it was like to be dedicated to the game more than anything else, it was Kobe Bryant. Let's keep talking about how the NBA will honor Kobe Bryant because this is not just something that's going to happen for a day or two days or a week or a month. I mean, this is going to be – this is now the season to honor Kobe Bryant, and I think we're going to see a lot of ways in which that happens. We're going to, talk, we're going to, do, that, we're going to do that after the break. So we've talked a lot about the ways that teams and the league – uh, are honoring Kobe Bryant's memory and everything that he gave to the game and the impact that he had. And it's had such, I mean, it's had such a remarkable impact, obviously, but in Los Angeles in particular, it's been especially difficult and it's been especially difficult for everybody there, but also for the Los Angeles Lakers, of course, and the LA Clippers who those two teams decided will postpone their game on Tuesday night. Now, David, I, I've got mixed emotions mixed opinions on this i don't pretend to know what those teams especially the lakers who seem to have been driving this decision were going through we know that they talked to the league office they talked with the clippers and the clippers were willing to say okay we could postpone this game we understand and look i'm always going to take the standpoint of being understanding of any teams and any players emotions and however they are dealing with this and however their grieving process is going but just selfishly i'm a little disappointed if i've got to be honest i i think that you know, I think this would have been a uh, this could have been a very uh, uh, well-timed almost celebration of Kobe's life. And maybe we're just not ready to get there yet. And that's probably why this is happening. But again, I just felt like we could have used that. It's, it just it sort of happened that both L.A. teams had each other on the schedule at Staples Center where Kobe Bryant made all of his memories. And and man, I was just sort of I was kind of hoping for that cathartic experience of watching those teams battle with those superstars involved and we're just not going to get that now and i just i can't help but feel a little disappointed about it i understand your perspective i, I think it, it would have been um like you said a catharsis a, a big step of moving in the right direction especially with both teams so closely affiliated and the city being so obviously linked to kobe perennially for the rest of well i mean for the rest of memory but at the same time, I just the images that have come through from not just Lakers players, but also from the residents in the city itself. I, a game, the the experience of an NBA game, as you well know, can be so. I mean, I don't know, frivolous. There are people drinking. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 there's loud music and noise, and and the crowd being pumped up artificially and T-shirt give giveaways. I mean, well, you, that were kind of a, you were you were at a game tonight. At, did, did it feel weird? I mean, did, well, first of all, did they do all of the usual hoopla? Like, did they present the game the same way that they typically do, other than, of course, the 24 seconds of silence and things like that? Like, the, when the game actually became the game, was did it feel the same? I don't I don't think there were – I honestly don't feel like there were any kind of T-shirt giveaways. I, I think huh. there were a few moments there when um, any kind of tribute for Kobe was met with cheers from the heat crowd of Kobe, Kobe, Kobe. Uh, it was clear that it was on everybody's mind. People were wearing 24 jerseys. Uh, you know, it, 
it did I, have a different players, feel to it. Yeah, it did. Absolutely. And the players, I mean, Udonis Haslam, there's an image of him going around and he was wiping tears from his eyes as they were singing the national anthem. And I think this is just, it's the reality for at least a few days. I mean, that's grief is a personal experience as you hinted at. And so it's going to take some time. Some are probably already moving on. Others are going to take longer to move on. But as far as the game experience itself, I just, I don't think you can get <clears throat> however many tens of thousands of fans into the Staples Center and have them cheer on for a basket because I think it's just too raw yeah. because the people of that city embraced him and loved him and identified with him so completely that the game itself is probably much less significant today. I just I, I hate to make this comparison, but it was the one that immediately came to mind was after 9-11. I mean, Saturday, Saturday Night Live, they did discuss whether or not they wanted to do the show or not. And they ended up doing the show because they felt like it was just a way to push people forward in a way in their grieving process in their in like whatever it was. And look, right or wrong, whether or not SNL was right or wrong to do that. I, I just I felt like this might have been 48 plus hours after the news happened, uh, maybe a way to get to help people move forward with it, which I think everybody wants to do in some respect. And it might have, and look, they're going to postpone this game. I don't know when they're going to postpone it to. Maybe it'll be during, like, right before the All-Star break or right right before the All-Star break ending or um, whatever it might be. But then there's also been the idea floated out there, like, maybe you just leave it at 81 games for those two L.A. teams in in order to honor Kobe Bryant and, of course, his 81-point game. Uh, I've seen a lot of those kind of theories thrown out there, but I don't know. I just – look, I, I – I'm not blaming anybody. I just, I guess I'm just a little disappointed selfishly, but the players are obviously grieving. I mean, like there was this photo of Quinn cook. Uh, we saw everybody yes. at LA, like photos of LA at, uh, of people in Los Angeles at LA live, right outside of Staples center, watching screens and just gathering just to be with each other. And Quinn cook in his Los Angeles Lakers warmups wandered out there and just stood with them. And it's just like, man, like I can't even imagine like being like feeling the way I feel and the, all the way everybody feels I grew up on the East Coast, let alone L.A., and it's just like I can't even imagine what people in L.A. are feeling like. No, I, and I think that's the thing, too, though, is like I, I understand the perspective of the SNL trying to get people to move forward, mostly because it's not like they were touching on anything specifically. Yes, while they're based in New York, um, I mean, I'm very sure that no sketches would have hinted at what the, the tragedy that happened right. on, on September 11th, and it was – I guess you could always justify it that at least comedy is a step towards getting everybody to move past the tears and, and the feelings. But at, at a game, watching the game of basketball that, again, was so closely identified with Kobe Bryant, especially in that city, I think it would have been a little bit too raw. I, I totally get your perspective. I know that the game might have been a way of being able to start moving forward, but uh, I don't think everybody's quite ready for it. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Look, I... I uh, I went. I went to Chapel today at the American Airlines Arena. I'd never done that before, but I I, huh. I I wanted to see what that was like because there were a number of players there that that were going through that grieving process, and and I I went in there not as a reporter, but just as somebody who, as a parent, as a human being, it's you're going through this incredible. You see this tragedy happen, and, and again, as I mentioned before, it's not like death doesn't happen every day to millions and millions of people, but there's something about this unexpected death and, and to know that it was uh, a family event here where he was going with his daughter, where the other passengers in that plane were family members as well. And uh, that just it hits home in a different way. Uh, you know, as a parent, uh, Dion Waiters, 
you know, you could joke about waiters and his career and, and his incredible arrogance as much as you want to, but he was very honest and forthcoming before the locker room. The only player who actually spoke before the game itself. And he mentioned how as a father of two daughters, like he just, he was really rocked by this. And, and I think that's the kind of impact that we're seeing. And, and I know we kind of keep kind of circumventing this whole point here going around and around, but I, I think there's no right way or easy way to discuss what's happening. And, and everybody's still kind of trying to figure out what the next steps are, whether it's the league, whether it's the games, whether it's individuals trying to go through their own individual grieving process. It's uh, it's not going to be an easy process and there's not going to be a, a right or wrong way. It's just going to, everybody's going to have to take their time in order to figure out what the next step is. And as far as the league, they made a tough decision. I feel it was the right one to be honest with you. I don't, I don't think, I don't think you can expect fans to go there buy their eight, you know, eight, $9 beer. I don't even know how much a beer costs at the arena to be honest with you, but <laughs> you know, buy their overpriced food and drinks and pay for parking and walk around the, the, the streets of Los Angeles and then get their free t-shirt and go home and go, yeah, Kobe's still dead. It just would have been a little too soon. I think. Yeah, I, I I don't blame them. I don't disagree. I just again, it was a selfish thing on my part. But um, look, I think it, it. You said it. It's going to take time for all of this stuff to happen. And this is really going to be now a season dedicated not only to David Stern, who we lost only 25 days before Kobe Bryant, but now also, of course, Kobe Bryant. Um, we're going to talk about some creative ways that NBA can honor Kobe Bryant and ways that might be uh, completely um, appropriate. Uh, for somebody of his magnitude after the break. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all of the great advertising working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On NBA is a great way for your local business to reach passionate NBA fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with NBA fans and a predominantly male audience that's well-educated with disposable income, then let your company right here on this Locked On podcast show. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. All right, David. I, I talked about in the last segment uh, the idea of uh, truncating the two Los Angeles team seasons to 81 games in, honor, in order to honor Kobe Bryant. We've seen a lot of ways out there, some creative ideas of how the NBA can honor Kobe Bryant. Um, and I just wanted to use this segment, basically, to – Throw out your best idea. Let's get creative. I mean, I've got a couple ideas, I, I, but I, I want to know what you think. What what should the NBA do? What what what's the you know the craziest, maybe most, but still appropriate thing that they could do to honor Kobe? Uh, I mean, it, it's a suggestion I've seen. I, it's not one that I personally believe should happen, but it's the the changing of the NBA logo uh, to to I guess a silhouette of Kobe Bryant. Um, I, I think that's a it, that is a pretty wide-sweeping change there. And maybe it seems – I think the argument has long been that the logo needs to be changed because, as we know, it was modeled after Jerry West. And, of course, as the league is predominantly African-American, maybe the logo is no longer representative of the majority of the players in the league. Um, so it seems kind of fitting now in combination. Well, it's also 
Jerry West was the guy who traded for mm-hmm. Kobe Bryant, right? <laughs> so yeah. if, if the league went to Jerry West, uh, Jerry West is kind of openly not be- a fan of being a logo in the first place. I mean, if there's anybody sure. uh, more appropriate to replace him with, it might he might feel like, hey, put the guy that I put in a Lakers uniform in the logo instead, and you know maybe he could feel still some sort of connection to it. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I given the the kind of conservative approach that we've seen from um, the commissioner on occasion, I, I don't know that he would be willing to entertain that. But it, it seems, I don't know. I, now that I kind of talk about it and think about it, maybe it is time for a change. I mean, that logo is not necessarily stale by any stretch, and, and it's one that's certainly identifiable and easily so. But maybe it's time for a change. I, I just don't know if I don't know if. if changing it to honor Kobe's death is the right move. Like if you're going to change it because, you know, you want an iconic player, why wouldn't you have changed it to Michael Jordan at some point? You know, why wouldn't you have changed it to LeBron now if you're honoring one of the best players ever? Um, I don't know. It, it maybe, maybe it makes sense. Maybe it doesn't. Well, if you, if you think about the way that Kobe impacted, you know, basically three generations of basketball players. Sure. And basically everybody who's in the NBA now, it makes sense in that respect right i mean he did he's had such an outsized impact on the league and not to say that michael jordan didn't but if you're if you're like to your point you know if you're going to do kobe why not do mj why not do lebron and you know you could just basically say like this is a memorial to kobe in a way that we don't is, have is to kobe, do with michael jordan and lebron is kobe more of an impactful player do you think to younger generations than than lebron i think kobe is yeah i think kobe's impact right now like today is just more wide because LeBron was impacted by Kobe. Like Dwayne Wade was impacted by Kobe. All these guys were like the guys who are impacting future generations now are the people that were impacted by Kobe. So I just think you go like in cycles, like LeBron James is going to have an impact on a generation that Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan will never touch just because of, you know, his age relative to theirs. Uh, but I don't, I don't look, if, if people want to change the logo, I'm okay with it. I was thinking something more along the lines of, look, we know that Adam Silver in the NBA has been toying, with a 30-team in-season tournament. And they've been struggling to find a way to appropriately put stakes on this in-season tournament that will make a difference. I, you know, there's been, there's been you know, rumors of maybe you pay the coaches and the players and stuff like that. But to me, I don't understand why that would make a difference if you're a fan. It, I don't think it makes a difference to you whether or not these guys are getting paid an extra million bucks for a game. It, ultimately, if you're a fan watching on the couch, it just feels like another regular season game. So I don't know why that would make a difference or help drum up TV ratings in any sort of way. So I, I, just, I don't think that's a good idea whatsoever. There's been ideas tossed around like, you know, give the winning team an extra draft, like the 31st pick in the draft or something like that. To me, that's still too far in the future, not good enough. Um, you can't, I, don't, I don't think that you should be playing for playoff position that early in the season. I just think that, you know, turns the whole schedule out of whack. Why not name the tournament after Kobe Bryant? Name the trophy after Kobe Bryant that you get or whatever, you know, medal or award that they decide to, to, to award the winning team with. And then take all that money that you would have given the players and the coaches other, and just put it towards the Kobe Bryant Foundation or whatever foundation Kobe Bryant had started. And, and maybe you do it that way. I think if you, if you were – Kobe Bryant's impact is so huge and so vast and so meaningful that I think everybody would play in honor – of him, and I think that would really that would hit. I think that would hit fans in a way that mattered. I really do, and I don't mean this to 
as a way to sort of capitalize on Kobe Bryant's death. I don't I don't want it to be that. I, I'm thinking more of just a way to keep remembering him because he had such an important impact on the game. I mean, you talk to these players. It is I mean, it is not just in the aftermath. It's not just within the, the first 48 hours that we're talking about this. This is all the time. You mentioned Dion Waiters before. He told people to call him Kobe Wade. I mean, he told like players are still wearing Kobe's shoes. I mean, player, it's insane the impact that this guy had. Bam Adebayo was too young to ever play against Kobe, and he had a triple-double in his honor today and, and said he had he had Mamba mentality as he was approaching tonight's game. So, yeah, yeah you're absolutely right. The, the, the Mamba tournament. Yeah. I, well, I mean, look, if you're going to – I don't know about naming the tournament necessarily, but I like the idea of the trophy. Um, you know, if you're going to – who the hell remembers who Larry O'Brien was? And maybe we sound <laughs> – uh, a little too, I don't know, removed from it when it was called the Larry O'Brien Trophy originally. But I, I mean, I don't think a lot of people remember who Larry O'Brien is. I mean, you know, you could make it the David Stern tournament, uh, right. and, and the winner of the David Stern tournament gets the Kobe Bryant Award. There you go. Um, and, and I like that idea. Of, if you're going to do it in that sense, then why not even go a little bit further and say, you know what, this is. Kobe would never have taken any game off, whether it was a pregame, exactly. a preseason game, or a postseason game, or, or certainly not even a tournament game. And that's a way of inspiring players to play extra hard. You know, if, if the the theory or the the idea is that some of these players won't take these games so seriously, if they're if they're playing it in honor of Kobe, I think they would take it much more seriously. That's exactly right, and I'm glad you like that. That's the point right there, and I think if that's the if that's his legacy like his legacy is the mamba mentality and if you can keep that carrying forward in one way or another even if it's in an extremely structured way like a 30 you know team in-season tournament then so be it you know i think it's worth exploring uh well that's it for us today remember to listen to and subscribe to locked on nba on apple Podcasts, spotify and google Podcasts. if you're on itunes rate us review us say nice things about us for david vermil i'm wes goldberg thank you for listening